Well, if you was uh, if you were here last week, uh, most of last week message we talked about time and creation and how everything that we see and everything that we touch and everything that we experience was created and put into place so that we could learn about God, uh, learn that He is good and that He loves us, and so that we could learn about ourselves too. And what I meant by that was. You know, we learn about ourselves, the predicament that we're in. You know, how we're born with a sin nature since the fall in the garden. Uh, the Bible from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation, it explains to us our own story. You know, we learn about God, but it also explains us to ourselves and how we wound up in the state that we're in. You know, why we are born with a sin nature. And how through faith in Jesus Christ, we can become spiritually alive and receive our new nature, God's nature, receive the Holy Spirit, and get back to where we originally intended to be. And that is the image of God. And uh, we talk, also talked about how God created time for us so that we could have a space to learn about Him, learn about ourselves, and hopefully choose Him, uh, you know, that's what I was telling you last week. That's what time is for. It it began, and one day it's going to end. And God created that space for us to hopefully choose Him so we can spend eternity with Him. Uh, and the reason God wants us to choose Him, you know, He could have just created a bunch of robots that were automatically going to obey Him and do what He what He said. He wants us to choose Him. Uh, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about people that are adopted and how they feel sorry for them. And I don't feel sorry for them at all. If you've been adopted into a family, then you were chosen. You know, most people, if you're just naturally born into a family, you know, you didn't choose your family and they didn't choose you. You were just born. But an adopted person is chosen and mostly out of a group. So <clears throat> to me, adoption is special. And uh, like I said, God don't want robots. He wants, he gives us a choice to choose him. And the Bible says when we do that, he adopts us into his family. He grafts us in. So we're adopted. So that, that makes us special. God chooses us once we uh, surrender our life to Christ. <clears throat> but all through the Bible, uh, we have a choice. You know, it tells us to choose life and not death to choose his plan of salvation and surrender our lives to Christ so we can so that we can be born again and receive eternal life. And uh, there's many examples of that in the Bible, but I just chose one to to share with you cuz I don't never want you to take my word for it, but in Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19 is one of those choices. And he says, "I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death." blessing and cursing therefore choose life that both you and your seed may live you know we talked a lot about seeds last week and uh, we'll get into a little bit a little bit more of that here in a minute <coughs> and we talked about how god even lets bad things happen so that we can see the results of them like i said we're here to learn about god and learn about ourselves and a lot of times we see bad things happening so we can see the results of them and choose not to be part of that because we can see what's going to come from it so that we can see the results of evil 
so that we can see the results of sin. And uh, like I said, we learn from those, and we choose not to be part of that. We learn to choose good over evil and life over death. So that's what this space is for. That's what time is for. But uh, like I said a minute ago, just like time began, one day time will stop. When Jesus returns, time will be over. And, uh, you know, that's where we closed last week's message. One day time will be over and there will be no more opportunity to choose life. Whatever choice, you know, that we've made when time does end, that's how we're going to stand before God. Uh, you know, whether we die before his return or Jesus comes back, whatever state we're in, that's what state we're going to be in for eternity. Uh, we shared this verse last week in Romans 6, verse 23. It says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And uh, I hope you choose life. I really do. I hope everybody in here and everybody listening has chose life. But sadly... Uh, most people don't. And, uh, you know, I know I sound like a broken record, but one day time will end, and everything we see, everything that we hold valuable here uh, is not going to be here. It won't be here anymore. You know, God's going to destroy this earth and everything in it, and he's going to replace it with a new earth and a new heaven with no sin in it, the way he intended for it to be uh, for us to begin with. But sadly, most people are spending their time here to make money, to get land, to get houses and cars and just all kinds of material things. And uh, they never take time to use it for what it was intended for. And that is to choose life. Uh, Jesus says in Mark 8 and verse 36, it says, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You know, you could have billions of dollars in the bank and own millions of acres of land. But when all that is gone, you know, then what we have? You will have nothing. Nothing this life has to offer, this world has to offer, is worth your eternal soul. You know, there's nothing wrong with money. I tell you that all the time. There's nothing wrong with having nice homes, plenty of land, or any of that stuff. But make sure your eternity is secure first. Don't waste all your time here on earth trying to get ahead and build up things that are not going to be there when the Lord comes back or we stand before him. You know, get that settled first. Get your eternity settled first. And uh, don't waste your time here on things. Get that settled first and then do the other stuff. You know, we talked last week about how apple seeds are made. I told you we'd get back to seeds. You know, apple seeds make apples, and uh, beans make beans. Everything reproduces after its own kind. And uh, a lot of people, I hear them, when they are working themselves to the bone to get all this money, to get all these houses and these land, these cars, they say, well, I want to leave an inheritance for my kids. You know, if you really want to leave an inheritance to your children, the Bible says the only thing we can reproduce is what we are. And if I'm surrendered to Christ and I'm in the image of Christ, then that is an inheritance that will last forever. So get life and surrender your life to Christ and share your faith with them. Uh, like I keep saying, everything else is just a vapor. It will be gone one day. And uh, what good is that going to do your descendants to inherit, like I said, a billion dollars 
and then Jesus Christ come back the next day. That's not going to do them a bit of good. If they don't have Christ, they're still doomed for eternity. If their names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, uh, you know, their, their inheritance, this worldly inheritance, is worthless. So leave them an inheritance that is truly valuable. Give them life. Uh, that's what Peter's talking about and in First Peter chapter 1, verses 17 through 20. It says, And if you call on the Father, talking about God, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass your time sojourning here on this earth in fear. You know, <clears throat> not that we're afraid of God. That means have respect for God and use your time wisely. In verse 18, it says, for as much as you know that we were not redeemed with corruptible things, like I keep talking about, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Uh, like we just read in verse 17, it says, you know, pass your time here in fear or wisely because one day you'll either go home or your home will be coming to you. You know, we don't know when Jesus is coming back and we don't know how long we're going to live. So one day either we're going home or home is coming here. And uh, nothing that we accumulate while we're here is going to matter. But like it says in verses 19 and 20, if we are in Christ... We have been redeemed. We're safe. Our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life because the blood of Christ has redeemed us. Uh, like verse 20 says, we talked about this last week, God's salvation plan was put into action before he ever created what we live in. It says it was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but it was manifest in these last times for you. It was manifested for me so that we could choose life. So I can't say it enough. Make sure you choose life. If you haven't given your life to Christ yet, uh, that should be number one on your list. And if you missed that message last week, you can find it on the, the church Facebook page or YouTube or podcast. But tonight, uh, God's led me to start a, a, new, <coughs> a new series. There's no way I could get it in one message, so... It's going to go on for a few weeks, probably. I don't know how long it's going to be. But a new series on good and evil. And uh, like I said, I don't know how long it's going to be. That's up to God. But we're tonight, we're going to start on good. We'll get to evil later, but tonight I want to focus on good. You know, we have to know what these things are before we can choose them. We've got to understand what is good, and we have to understand what is evil. You know, we can't make a choice if we don't have any idea of what those things are. And uh, the reason I'd like to do this is because people are always being told you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to get saved. You need to do this and do that. But they never receive any instruction on how to do that. You know, people do need to give their lives to Jesus. And people do need to get saved. But they need to know how to do that. You can't just drop a bomb like that on somebody and not give them any kind of instruction because they don't know what to do with it. Just like I didn't know what to do with it until somebody explained it to me, or you didn't know what to do with it until somebody explained it to you. 
It's like getting to Walmart. You know, if you've never been to Walmart, you need to know where it is. And uh, you need direction. You need somebody that's already been to Walmart to show you how to get there. Uh, I like the way Paul puts it in Romans chapter 10 and verse 14. It says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they, how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So first you've got to hear the gospel. You have to realize that you need salvation. You know, not everybody knows that they're born with a sin nature unless you tell them. You know, that don't just come to you. You know, too many times, the only way we share the gospel is come to Jesus so that you can have a better life here. That's, that's not the gospel at all. The gospel is come to Jesus so you can have life at all. Uh, so the first thing we have to do is choose good. We have to choose to surrender our life to Jesus. We have to realize that we need a Savior and uh, to save us from the condition that we're in. And we do that by choosing Jesus, choosing to surrender our life to him. You know, we share this verse every week at the end of the, end of the service, but Romans 10, 13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, most of the scripture that we'll be in tonight is in Romans. I mean, we'll go to a few different ones, but most of it is going to be in Romans. So if you're taking notes, so far, I've got about 11 points on good. If you want to write, write those down, I don't know if you're taking notes or not. But point number one is we have to choose good. You know, we have to realize that we need a Savior, and we have to ask Jesus to save us. That's where it has to start. You know, if we try to bypass that and try to figure out what's good and evil on our own or by what the world says, then we're always going to be going in the wrong direction because I don't know what good is, and this world sure don't know what uh, good is. But God does. So the beginning is we have to realize our need for a Savior, and we have to choose to surrender our life to Christ. Uh, one of my devotions this week, that reminded me uh, about it when I was studying for this, was about seeing ourselves as children of God. You know, before we come to Christ, we, we may believe in creation, we may believe God exists, but we don't see ourselves as children of God. And most people, even after they come to Christ, they don't see themselves as children of God. They still see themselves the way they always have. And uh, I know when I first came to Christ, I did that. You know, when I came to Christ, I didn't feel any different. I, I'd look in the mirror and I look like the same old guy I was before. And uh, But salvation is not a feeling. You know, if you've asked Jesus to come into your heart and ask him to save you and to be your Lord, and you meant it in your heart when you asked him that, and you believe that in your heart, then you are saved. That's what the Bible says. So you are saved. It is a truth. It's not a feeling. You know, in the beginning, we don't feel saved. But we've done what God says to do, and we have to trust God and believe God that because we've done that, we are saved. And uh, But we have to believe that we're a child of God after that. And uh, we don't even have to believe that we are a good child of God because we know ourselves better than anybody. I know when I first came to Christ... I knew I was not a good child of God, but I had to believe 
that I was a child of God and that he could make me good. That's where we have to start at. So salvation is not a feeling. Uh, good is a characteristic of God. It says so in Psalm 119 and verse 68. It says, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. That's talking about God. God is good and does good. Teach me your statutes. Like I said, that's talking about God. God is good. We are not good. Uh, we have to learn how to be good. Paul says in Romans 7, verse 18, he says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. So Paul recognized that, you know, there's nothing good in me. And there's nothing good in us either. And that brings us to point number two. We have to prove good. And I'll explain myself on that. But point two, point number two is we have to prove good. Romans 12, 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We prove that we've chosen good over evil. <coughs> if I can get my page to turn. <coughs> by choosing God over the world, like it says there in that verse. We choose good by coming to Jesus, and then we prove that by choosing God's will over my will or the the world's will. And uh, we have to do that all day, every day. That's not something that we just do one time and we're done. You know, life happens from the time we wake up until the time we go to bed every single day. Uh, in every part of our lives, we choose how we react to things. And we can either be conformed to the world or we can let God transform us by renewing our mind by being obedient to Him. Even if I think something is okay, if God's Word says it's not okay, then I have to do what He says instead of what I want to do. Uh, just like gossip, you know. If I choose not to gossip about somebody, but rather find out what's wrong with them and ask them, is there any way I can help you, then that's choosing good over evil, you know. For God, good is just an attribute of His. For us, it has to be an action. There's no other way we can prove that good is in our hearts. We have to prove it. You know, like I said, God is good, but we have to be good. Uh, just like God is love, we have to show love uh, for other people to experience our love. It has to be in action. We have to prove our love. And the same way we have to prove love, we have to prove that we've chosen good. Uh, I like in Third John verse 11, it says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that does good is of God, but he that does evil has not seen God. So like that verse says, we prove good by what we do. He that do, doeth good is of God, but he that does evil has not seen God. And like the first part of that verse, it says, we prove good by who we follow. We can follow God and His will, 
Well, we can follow the God of this world or our own sin nature and uh, bring forth evil things. So who we follow, that shows, you know, what we have chosen. That proves, it either proves good or it proves evil. So we have to prove, like Romans 12, 2 said, that we have chosen good. And uh, that gets us to point number three. Point number three is we have to cleave to what is good. Not only do we have to, to choose good and prove good, prove good in our daily life, we have to cleave to what is good. And that means we have to be, you know, all in. We've got to be committed to doing good. Romans 12 and verse 9, it says, Let love be without dissimulation. And that word dissimulation, that just means fake or pretending. You know, the NLT in that verse says, Don't just pretend to love others. To love others. So let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. And that just means don't be wishy-washy in your faith. Uh, stand firm on your faith. If God has shown you something is uh, wrong, then don't do it. When he shows you wrong from right in a situation, always choose what God said was right. You know, don't give in and compromise because of peer pressure or, you know, what other, whatever reason. This world gives you a lot of reasons to do things that God says you shouldn't do. But we can't let what other people think or what the world says is right go against what God's Word says is right. So we've got to be strong in our faith and cleave to what is good. You know, Pastor Josh was talking about that Sunday morning in his message. He said we've got to get tough in our faith, and we do. I mean, if things are speeding up at a rapid pace, and you can see it all over the world, it's just evil. And if we don't cleave to what is good, we'll wind up compromising, you know, because of peer pressure or whatever. We'll, be, we'll wind up compromising what we believe in. So cleave to what is good, and don't let anything cause you to turn your back on it. Choose good, do good, and be good. And uh, that should be on the front of your mind, especially when things are hard. That's when Satan likes to hit us the hardest, is when we're going through <coughs> a really rough season. And, uh, you know, I, don't, I know a lot of people that are going through some really hard seasons right now. So that's when you need to especially be on guard. And if you know what is right, you know what is good, cleave to that. And don't, don't compromise it. Because your reward in the end is worth it. Uh, and that gets us to point number four. And point number four is we have to work it out. Uh, not only do we have to prove it and cleave to it, we have to work it out. Like I said, life happens every day. And we have to work these things out in our lives. We have to learn how to live uh, and doing what is good. I like these verses in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You know, we don't save ourselves, but we are responsible for living a life that proves that we've been saved. And in verse 13, it says, For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. 
uh, and I like verse 14 too. It says, do all things without murmuring and disputing. That's the hard part. But uh, verse 13 helps us with that because we like to think everything's on our shoulders. But if we go back to verse 13, it says, it's God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So God does all the work. All we have to do is stay submitted to God. Uh, stay cleave to God. He is good, you know. Stick with our choice that I chose him and stay submitted to God. You know, that fear and trembling uh, in verse 12 that keeps coming up that we keep talking about, all that means is to stay in the mindset that he's God and I'm not, you know. Stay in the mindset that he's in control and he knows what he's doing. And if I knew what I was doing, I would have figured this out a long time ago. But we've got to stay in that mindset that God is in control and not let ourselves slip back into the driver's seat every time somebody or, or something pops up in life that rubs us the wrong way. When we do that, when we react to things and let our, let our nature and our will control us, that's when we, we get away from God. That's when we veer off the path that we should be on. Uh, like I said a minute ago in Romans chapter 7, there's nothing good in us. So when we're in control, that's when we cause damage. And that's when we say and do things that are not good. And uh, no point that I need to make is that important. You know, I can't argue with somebody if it's going to cost me not being good to do it. You know, the Bible says that is evil. And uh, so no point that I need to make is that important. Or was it even my point at all? Or is it God's point is the one I need to be worried about? You know, my opinion is not going to get me to heaven, and it's not going to get anyone else to heaven. That's why I always try to share with you scripture on anything I'm talking about, because my opinion won't do you a bit of good. And our reward really is worth it. Uh, I want to read some verses to you out of Romans chapter 2. Uh, I like Romans 2, 4. It says, or despise you the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. <clears throat> it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. I like that. But if we rebel against what is good and we bring wrath upon ourselves because we're opposing God, then we bring that on ourselves. You know, if God's showing us what is good, then we choose to do what is good. That's what repentance means. I'm changing what I think and doing what God says. That's repentance, turning from my will and doing God's will. But I want to read verses 5 through 10, and it shows the difference in choosing good over evil. It shows the difference between choosing my will or God's will. It shows the difference uh, between life or death. <coughs> and I keep talking about you know, our reward is worth it. The only way we get our reward is to be submitted to God, and that's what these verses talk about. It says, But after your hardness and impenitent heart, treasure up to yourself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds, whether they're good or evil. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. 
So if we're do if we're continuing in well doing, those are the things we'll get. But unto them that are contentious, want to contend with God and do not obey the truth, but obey our own will, the will of the world, unrighteousness. This is what we have to look forward to: indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that does evil, of the Jew first and also to the Gentile. That's just his way of saying that's everybody. Nobody's exempt. But if we are seeking what is good and cleaving to it and submitting to God and doing his will, glory and honor and peace to every man that works good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. So like I said, that shows the difference in choosing good over evil. You know, my will or his will, life or death. So let's choose good and let's work good. Like verse 10 just said, and we will bring glory and honor to God and we can live at peace with him uh, and receive the reward that God has in store for us. Excuse me. You know, like I keep saying, we're always going to have trouble here on earth, but we can be in the middle of, of surrounded by turmoil and problems and still be at peace with God. If we're doing what God says, seeking him and uh, choosing to do good, then we can be at peace no matter what the world throws at us. We can still be in perfect peace with God because we know in our hearts that we're choosing what is good and acceptable, acceptable and perfect will of God like we just read in Romans 12 too. Uh, Point number five. This is probably the last point I'm going to get to tonight. I don't have enough time to, to go a whole lot further. But uh, point number five. There are only two choices. And uh, I used a pretty stupid example on this, but I like using stupid examples. You know, we're not like banana pudding. You know, there's good banana pudding, and then there's bad banana pudding. But like I said, we're not banana pudding. We're not good or bad. We are either good or evil. And uh, that's the only two choices we have. And we don't like to hear that. You know, nobody likes to hear that at all. Nobody likes to think that they're evil or that they choose evil. But the Bible is very clear on good and evil. It's really clear on light and darkness, you know, which one we're a part of. It's really clear on love and hate, which one we should be, which one we should do. And it's really clear on life or death. You know, that's our choice. So we are either fully surrendered to Christ and we are good in God's eyes. When he sees us, he sees Jesus because we're covered in the blood of Jesus. Or we can choose to still be in control. And when God sees us, he don't see Jesus. He still sees us. He still sees our sin nature because we haven't let it go. We choose that over Jesus. Uh, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12, verses 30 and 31, he, he that is not with me is against me, and he that gathers not with me scatters abroad. You know, that's pretty clear. If we're not with him, Jesus said we are against him. And in verse 31 it says, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. 
but blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. So Jesus came to forgive any possible sin that you can imagine. You know, it don't matter what it is. The worst thing you could dream up, Jesus will forgive you for that. All you got to do is bring it to him, confess it, surrender your life to him, and you are forgiven. Uh, but when we blaspheme against the Holy Ghost, like that verse says, and what that means is, to reject Jesus Christ as your Lord and to turn down the salvation that God so freely offered to us. When we do that and we reject Christ, then God don't damn us. We damn ourselves. That's not God's choice. God's choice is that everybody would be saved. But, uh, you know, if we reject Christ, we bring that on ourselves. And uh, it says that we will not be forgiven. Jesus is the only sacrifice worthy of forgiveness of sin. You know, he is the only one who can pay our debt. You know, we just read a while ago that there's nothing good in us, so how do I think, or how do you think, that we can pay our own sin debt? We can't. None of us can. Uh, and like I said, none of us like to think about ourselves as evil, but without Christ, that's all that's left, you know? Like I said a minute ago, we're not good or bad. We're either good or evil. We're either in Christ or we're not in Christ. And there's pictures of that all through the Bible, uh, all the way back to Cain and Abel. You know, all of us have a little bit of Cain and Abel in us. And uh, you've probably seen that on the old cartoons. One shoulder's got a little devil standing on it, and one's got an angel on this one, and you don't know which one to listen to. Uh, that's what it looks like when we're half-heartedly following Christ. We're not all in. We don't know which way to go. And the Bible says that is evil. But each one of us have a little bit of Cain and Abel in us. You know, Abel was the good son. He wanted to please God. So he brought the firstling of his flock to God, the Bible says, as a sacrifice, and God was pleased with it. You can see that in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 4. It says, in Abel... He also brought of the firstling of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. So he did things the right way. But if we back up to verse 3, it says, Cain, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And in the process of time, that means that that was not the first fruits, you know, Cain was a tiller of the ground, and uh, he didn't bring the first fruits to God. He, w he wasn't all in. He was just going through a, a legalistic ritual. And uh, God told him in verse 7, well, he told him, he warns him, you know, if you do well, if you do good, I'll accept you. But if you don't, then sin is going to rule over you. Verse 7 says, if you do well, shall you not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin lies at the door, and unto you shall be his desire, and you shall rule over him. And God tells us the same thing. We can either rule over sin in our lives and choose to do good over what is evil, or sin will rule over us, and it, it will wreck your life. And uh, sin did rule over Cain's life. You know, he didn't repent. He didn't take God's advice. He didn't heed God's warning. 
and he wound up killing his, his righteous brother. And like I said, we've all got a little bit of Cain and a little bit of Abel in us. We have a good side that wants to obey God. That's the Holy Spirit we receive when we come to Christ. And uh, and we all have a, a bad side. That's the sin nature that we're born with. And just like God told Cain, if you don't deal with your sin, it's going to destroy you. We can't be both. We can't be Cain and Abel. And that's where our battle is. You know, we, we fight against ourselves. We fight against sin every day. And uh, Paul talks a lot about that in Romans 7. And I want to share these verses with you. Uh, he explains it way better than I could. But in verse 15 through 25, he says, I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Verse 16 says, but if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. You know, what God says is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is, in my sinful nature, I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. And I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. And this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sin nature... I am a slave to sin. And I think that describes a lot of us just really well. I think a lot of us want to do good, but our sin nature is still in control, and we can't do the things that we want to do. Uh, just because we're surrendered to Christ and just because we've chosen good, that don't mean that we never have to deal with evil again. You know, that's ever-present all day, every day, as long as we're in this world, we will have to deal with evil. And that's why we have to to be so firm in our faith. Like we said in, you know, point number three a while ago, we've got to cleave to our faith and not be conformed back to this world. We have to cleave to that which is good. If we don't, we will be overcome by sin, just like Cain was. And the, the way that we do that, Paul explains that pretty good too. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. That's that little angel and the little devil on your shoulders again. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. You know, if you're constantly just in an argument with yourself about what's right and what's wrong, or I know what's right, but I don't want to do that, 
if that is where we are, then we'll never do what's right. We'll never do what's good because we haven't made our minds up. And that's what I meant about cleave to that which is good. Make your mind up. Don't debate with God. If he says this is the way, then we shouldn't argue with him. We should be, yes, Lord, that's the way I'll do it. That's not the way I've always done it, but I need to change things. And I had to make a lot of changes in my life when I first came to Christ. You know, I'm sure you've heard that old saying, whatever you feed is going to get stronger. And that's exactly what Paul's saying there. You know, we can feed Abel, which is our faith and our goodness, or we can feed the Cain inside of us, our sin nature, or our flesh, the Bible calls it. And all that means is my will, not God's will. So whatever we feed is going to become stronger. You know, if I continue to choose good, then I'll get stronger in the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit inside of me will get even stronger. But if I choose evil, if I keep on choosing not to obey God, then my faith is just going to get weaker and weaker until I get conformed back to the world and I wind up right where I started. Uh, so whatever you feed is going to get stronger. And I know a lot of times if you're doing devotion or reading or, or something like that, you don't think you get anything out of it. But the more you're feeding God's Spirit, it is getting stronger. It, sometimes it's not as fast as you would want it to be. But every time you go towards God, He takes a little closer step to you too. But, like I said, if you go the other way, it don't take long to get conformed back to our old ways. Well, uh, like I said, there's no way I can get through all those points tonight. I only got through five of them so far, so uh, that's where we'll pick up next time. I don't have time to go into point six. Uh, but I will repeat to you the, the first five. Number one, we have to choose good, which means we have to choose to surrender our life to Christ. Number two, we have to prove good. We've got to make the changes in our life that prove that we're going to be obedient to God rather than to myself or to the world. Number three, we have to cleave to what is good. We have to have our minds made up that we're not going to conform. I'm all in. I'm going to do what God says. And number four, we have to work out what is good. We have to trust God and uh, make the changes in my life that I need to make and rely on his strength to do that because I know under my own strength I can't do it. And we need to be honest with ourselves that there's only two choices, good and evil. You know, I get to choose which, I want, which one I can be. I can be good or I can be evil. So that's, uh, that'll be it for tonight. Like I said, we'll pick up on point six next time. And I'm not going to be here Next Wednesday, I'm going to West Virginia to see my daughter and my granddaughter and my son-in-law and a few friends up there. Uh, we've made it like a yearly thing where we go, we all get together and go trick-or-treating together, and I'm really looking forward to that. But when I get back, uh, we'll pick up on point six and hopefully finish the good section of this series, and then after that, we'll start on the evil section. But I hope that helps you have a little more understanding of good and evil. But like I said a while ago, it has to start with a relationship with Jesus. It has to start at step one. We have to choose good. And if you've never done that, if you've never surrendered your heart to him, 
and you know that you need to, I always like to give you an opportunity to do that. Uh, but I always like to remind you, too, that if you have been saved, you cannot lose your salvation. The moment you accept Christ in your heart and mean it, you are saved. That's what the Bible says. And, uh, you know, life will be hard here on earth. But if you're not being obedient, there are consequences. You can't lose your salvation, but you can make life hard on yourself by making bad choices and not choosing good like we've been talking about. But that don't mean you're not saved anymore. Once saved, always saved. That just means that you're reaping what you're sowing. And uh, to me, that is a very good reason to choose good no matter what because I'm going to have to pay for the choices I make. And I don't want to cause myself a bunch of unnecessary suffering when it's just as easy to choose good as it is to choose evil. But if you've never given your heart to Jesus, it's really simple. All you got to do is uh, just talk to God. That's what prayer is. It's a having a talk with God. Just tell him, God, I know I'm not right with you. I know I need a Savior. And ask him to come into your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and forgive me of my sins and uh, be my Savior and be my Lord. And if you do that, just try your very best from then on to be obedient to him. Uh, I'll give you some scripture on that. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If today is the day that you've chose to surrender your life to Christ, the Bible says tell somebody, confess it with your mouth, out loud, uh, and you will be saved, the Bible says. And don't let anybody talk you out of getting saved by saying you're you're too bad or you went too far and don't try to talk yourself out of it. Uh, you know, I've got a really bad past and I know a lot of people with bad past. But that's why Romans ten thirteen says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I like Romans 5, 8 too. God knows we're sinners. That's why we need a Savior. God knows all things. But it says God showed his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the whole reason Jesus came, because we are sinners. He don't, it's not a surprise to him that we're sinners. That's why he came and died for us. So if you've never done that, I hope you do it today. And if you do do it today, confess that to somebody. Just tell them, today I gave my life to Christ. And uh, when you do that, your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you can look forward to eternal life. And you don't have to dread you know, death, hell, and the grave anymore because you won't have any place in none of that. That's not for those that belong to Christ. So uh, next time we'll pick back up on point six, and that'll be on Wednesday, November the 8th. But uh, like I said, next week I'll be in West Virginia trick-or-treating. But thank you all for coming out. I hope that really helps somebody understand things a little better. I know it did me just studying for it. Uh, but I hope you let me pray for us and we'll be dismissed. And I hope you have a safe trip home. Father, thank you again for this series that you're starting. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you'll help us to 
to really evaluate ourselves, God, to take a good look at ourselves and uh, see what kind of fruit our lives are producing. Lord, your word don't say we either produce good fruit or bad fruit. Your words, Lord, say that we either produce good fruit or evil fruit. And I pray that you'd help us to be honest with ourselves and uh, see what kind of fruit we're producing in our lives. And Lord, if it's evil in there anywhere, I pray that you'd help us to bring those things to you. Let you forgive us of them, Lord, and cleanse us from them. And uh, lead us in the way that would please you. Lord, thank you for being such a loving Father and that you don't judge us, you don't condemn us. You just forgive us, God, and you show us a better way. I just thank you for loving each one of us that much. <clears throat> Lord, I pray that you be with us all as we go home. Please keep us safe. And Lord, we just thank you again for loving us so much. And it's in Jesus' name I do pray. Amen.